And I'm Ricardo Allen, and we are The Allens. Welcome to our podcast, where we share our unfiltered insights, perspective, and knowledge on this roller coaster of a ride that we call life. Ricardo Allen is down at the 42 and a half, 43. Join us as we go all in on all topics, ranging from changing diapers to preparing for Super Bowl Sunday. Guns it across the middle. Ricardo Allen, the interception. 35, 30, Allen 25. Welcome to All In with The Allens. Hey guys, I am sitting down solo again today just to do a quick little pregnancy um, update. So I wasn't sure I was planning on doing this, but the love and support from last week's solo episode was really great and I super appreciate it. And people have said like, we like when you sit down by yourself and just kind of like share what's on your heart and what's currently happening. So I figured I would do just that. Also want to say that um, I've shared so much of this pregnancy journey with you guys via Instagram leading up until now. And I just felt like it didn't really make sense to leave you in the dark as this thing comes to a close. So today's episode, I don't really have a lot of great news. As you know, I have been on the journey um, to VBAC. I talked a lot about that in the last episode and I've been doing honestly like all of the right things. I've been seeing the chiropractor. I have been getting prenatal massage. I mean, honestly, all the things you can do to prepare your body for labor and delivery and a healthy pregnancy, I have done them. So I'm just going to start by saying this, that my baby is breech. And I'm surprised I'm able to say those words without breaking down. But the truth is that I've had a few weeks to kind of grapple with this and to come to terms with how this impacts things moving forward. So um, let's just start by saying that up until a couple of days ago, my last prenatal doctor's appointment was the Wednesday after we got home from Disney World. So kind of like the day before COVID really started shutting things down. So we had the prenatal appointment on Wednesday. Thursday was supposed to be our hospital tour. Um, And then I was supposed to start going every two weeks for the rest of the month of March. And then um, weekly starting the third, third week of April. So at that appointment, Um, in early March, my last prenatal appointment up until this last week, um, the doctor did an, you know, just like an exam, like a abdominal exam measured my belly, all those things and confirmed that the baby was Frank breach. So Frank breach is when the head is up under one rib cage essentially. And the bottom or the butt of the baby is in the pelvis. And then the feet are folded up where they're like right by the face. So the baby's in like a pike position, I suppose. So the doctor wasn't too concerned at that appointment because I was early 30s. Like I think I was just shy of 31 weeks at that point. And so there's there was a lot of time for the baby to move and a lot of resources that he gave me. And so I tried not to panic and I just kept telling myself like, okay, well, there's time, you know, I'll get on spendingbabies.com and 
do all the things. I'll, you know, continue seeing my chiropractor. I will spend time upside down every day. Like honestly, all of the things that they say to do to turn a breech baby, there's not a single one, including ECV, which I'm going to get to, that I have not done. Um, Fast forward one day, the next day, everything starts changing with COVID and I don't get to go do my hospital tour. So I still don't know what it looks like, where I'll be delivering until I show up there. And the following week, my doctor's office called to say, hey, just want to let you know, we are going to um, push out all appointments until 36 weeks. So we'll catch you at the end of April, unless there is, you know, any emergency or anything that comes up, obviously call the office. And they just told me like things to look out for and left me, you know, on my own to just kind of figure it out. So this whole time I have been wondering if any of my methods of Webster, you know, Webster chiropractics, a peanut ball, if you've ever heard of moxibustion, I literally sit on my back porch every single night with a moxa stick, which is like dried mugwort from China. I know this sounds so freaking out there, but I just want it to be so clear that I have done everything I can. And you burn the these sticks on the outside of your smallest pinky toe because apparently it's an acupressure acupuncture point that stimulates um like a hormone in the body that's supposed to help the baby to get into a better, like the most optimal fetal birthing position. So I've been doing this now for, let's see, it was three weeks. So for three weeks, I've been doing this every single night. We get the kids to bed and then we go sit outside and I light my baby toes on fire. Not really, but I, you have to keep the heat as close to your toes as you can stand. So we do that. I have been like doing inversions and stretching and doing literally everything that I can. So let's fast forward to um, around April, just after Easter. I fell, I went out for a walk one day. Oh yeah, I've been walking a lot too. Went out for a walk one day and had like a lot of pressure in my pelvis that is a little bit, it was like a new, it was a new feeling. So I got hopeful. I was like, you know what? maybe this baby is head down and like all of, I've been trying not to stress, but I can't lie. Like I've been stressing because the presentation of my baby is going to play a huge role in like what this labor and delivery story and the remainder of my pregnancy look like, obviously. Um, So although I've been trying my best to like not stress and just focus and stay calm and accept that like, you know, whatever God wants us to be is what it's going to be it still has been very hard and I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat that or just kind of like breeze by the fact that it has been difficult. So when I got home from that walk, I told Rico, I was like, I really think that maybe the baby has, you know, changed positions and I'm going to try to call around because I hadn't had my prenatal appointment yet. And I was like, I'm going to try to call around and see if any ultrasound clinics are open that we could just go in and have them confirm baby's position for me so I can stop being a psychopath worrying about this and doing all these crazy things. So I called every single ultrasound office within a 25 mile radius. And one of them ended up getting back to me that was actually the closest one to our house, which was awesome. And I just told her, you know what my situation was. And she was 
only in the office on that day, which was super cool. And she was like, if you want to come by, you know, make sure you wear a mask and gloves and like, we can, we can check it out. So I ran over there and sure enough, the baby was still breech, but the change was that the baby's bottom had, has like started to slowly kind of engage. So this was now um, one week before my follow-up prenatal appointment that I had with my OB. So I kind of knew what I was walking into and I I called the office the day before my appointment, got through to somebody and I told them that I'd had an ultrasound elsewhere and like all the things that I'd been doing since I last saw them the beginning of March. And the woman that answered the phone that I was speaking to, she said, well, how do you feel about having an ECV done when you come for your appointment? And if you listen to my last solo episode about pregnancy and kind of where I touched on my journey with both Luca and with Lennon, I said in that episode that an ECV was presented to me when, my preg- when I was pregnant with Luca and I did not do it. So this time around, as I've said so many times, like I am going to exhaust every single option that I can because a third C-section has insane risks and complications not only for you know me in that moment as it's happening but down the road and then if you start to look into the research of a fourth c-section so on and so forth it just gets scarier with each one so the reason that one of the reasons that I'm fighting so hard to have a v-back this time around is because you know we're really not we're we're we can be if we have to be and God tells us to be, you know, like this could be our last baby. But I mentioned before, like we've kind of always wanted four kids. So four C-sections is a lot. And that is why I'm trying so hard to have that not be the outcome of this birth. It's not because a belly birth makes me any less of a mom or I feel that like I didn't achieve something. It's more just for like the future of our family. It's a much bigger picture than just this moment. So when the woman asked me how I felt about ECV, I told her that I had done a lot of reading over the last few weeks and that I'm aware, you know, of the risks and what it comes with. And I told her that I wanted to try it. So, hold on, I need to breathe again. Sorry, it's so hard for me to talk being this pregnant, like I'm, I get out of breath so easily. This is very embarrassing. So sorry if my voice sounds a little funny. Um, so she brought up ECV. I told her it was something that I wanted to do. If you don't know what that is, that's, um, when the doctor tries to externally position the baby. So what they do is they locate via ultrasound, the baby's position. So they find the baby's bottom, the baby's head, and then they look for things like Where's the cord positioned? Where's your, excuse me, where's your placenta lying? They check all these boxes to make sure that your body and your baby's even a candidate for it. Because say, for example, the cord was in a position that would cause trauma to the baby, we wouldn't even have tried it. So you check all these boxes first and I was a good candidate. My placenta is high enough on the right. The baby's bottom is descended into my pelvis. Baby's head is in my left and the cord was out of the way. So most of the time this procedure is done in a hospital. You can be given an epidural. I have read that some women claim the pain of an ECV 
is equivalent to like the transitionary phase of labor without drugs. So I was mentally prepared for <laughs> like the absolute worst. Like I mentioned, it's typically done in a hospital. Usually you're given a, a drug that helps to relax the muscles of your abdomen so that it's a little bit less painful and so that the doctor can more easily manipulate the babies um, like through your abdominal wall. Due to um, COVID and kind of just the way that my doctor does things, he offered for this to be done in his in his office that day. And I had to be alone. I will say like one person is allowed in the office at a time and you don't get a support person. So I showed up there, you know, I had been practicing like my meditation stuff, like focus on focusing on my breath, all these things I told myself that like, I was just going to remove myself from what was actually happening and just like go in inwards, which might sound kind of weird, but I knew that I, I couldn't have any medication. I knew I couldn't have Rico's hand to hold, but I also knew it was going to be one of those things looking back down the road, like however this ends up that either I, I did it or I didn't. And I have to know for myself that I have given everything that I can. And so this was just what I had to do. So we, I get into his office. He monitors the baby's heart rate for a bit to figure out like the normal range because the baby's monitored the whole time. If anything changes, then, you know, then you have at least a baseline. Monitored me for a while and I was honest and I just said like, look, I'm really nervous about this, but it's something I want to give a, give a try. So he was able to locate obviously the baby's bottom, baby's head. And those are the, the two points that you use to turn. And the first step was to lift, physically lift the baby's bottom out of my pelvis. So that's the first thing they do. If that is successful, typically the baby will move. Um, that's like the first success, I suppose, of the procedure. I will say if it's going to be successful, this usually happens in less than five minutes. So although the pain is very, like it's excruciating, I can't lie. You know that once it's done, it's done and it doesn't last very long. So I tried to just focus on that. Like I kept telling myself like the pain I'm experiencing now is nothing compared to like the joy that's coming. And I just stayed there in my head. And sorry, I'm taking like little breathing breaks. <laughs> you would think I was running a marathon right now, just talking into a microphone. So he was able to, with two hands, lift the baby's bottom out of my pelvis. And then he took one of the, his hands and found the baby's head and tried to manually lift the bottom and press the head down at the same time in a clockwise motion to position the baby's head into my pelvis. So I could feel all of this, you know, like it's a, it's a full-term baby in there that's being moved. It's, it's not very comfortable. And the head went from being under my left rib to being at belly button level. So it did move about four inches, I would say, which was really promising. And for a minute there, I was like, oh my gosh, this is really, this is really going to work. But once the baby's head got to my belly button, it just didn't budge anymore. So he tried, you know, he tried and he kept pressure and, and I, wasn't talking obviously because I was just like in my head trying to take myself out of it and he said you know 
this baby just really, it's comfortable. It just doesn't want to move. And at that point I knew like, okay, this isn't, you know, this isn't going to work. And I said, all right. You know, I said, um, so what's next? And he was like, really? He's like, that's up to you. Um, he's like, this is one of those things that I don't, I'm not going to force. Like, you know, we tried, we did, we did what we could as far as an ECV goes. And if a baby doesn't want to move, like we just have to kind of respect that. He said, but I will tell you, like if, when you come back on Monday, so I'll have appointments every Monday now until the baby's born. He said, we will confirm by ultrasound every appointment moving forward, the baby's position. He said, we can always opt to try again. He said, but every day that goes by, he said, it just gets more and more difficult because you are a petite woman. He said, your baby is just gaining weight by the day and it makes it harder to manipulate them. So he said, that's up to you. If this is something that you want to try again, he said, but if you come back on Monday and the baby is still breached, he said, we need to have a couple discussions about what this looks like moving forward. And I'm seeing this doctor because he is known as like the VBAC guru. He still delivers vaginally breached babies. He delivers multiples vaginally in all positions. Like he has been at the, the front of his career for so long and trained so many people that his expertise and his experience is why people see him. Like he's still practicing and, and that's why I made this change. So he said to me, he said, next week when you come back, if baby's still breached, I'm going to send you to maternal fetal specialist, I think is what it was to have some measurements of the baby taken. He said, so what they're going to do is measure the circumference of the baby's head in comparison to the circumference of the baby's midsection. And there's like this whole mathematical equation that has to work out essentially. And it has to be one or less, meaning that the belly of the baby is the same size as the circumference of the head. So we don't want to have this situation happen where the head is significantly larger than the body. Because if I were to go into spontaneous labor and push a baby's bottom out first, we have to make sure that the baby is proportional, if this makes sense. So I don't know what's happening next. I go back to the doctor on Monday. I will continue to light my baby toes on fire and hang out upside down and put a bag of frozen peas on the baby's head every time I sit. I mean, I haven't even like reclined in the lazy boy. I have been doing physically everything that I can. So as long as those numbers um, match up to be one or less, he will kind of just allow me to ride the rest of this pregnancy out because the risk of going into labor on my own and delivering a vaginal breech baby has, obviously there's risks to that, but the, there's also risks to scheduling and going forward with a third C-section. So if that number does not come back at one or less than one, then I have no option. Um, and we will schedule a C-section for 39 weeks because we have to prevent obviously my, me going into labor with a baby that more than likely wouldn't, it wouldn't work out well for me to just go into labor with this ratio and this number does not match up to what it needs to be. So that's where I'm currently at. Um, <laughs> taking it a day at a time, trying, you know, trying to be excited and trying to be open-minded, but it's really, really hard. Like I just have kind of felt like the wind has been taken out of my sails. 
not just recently, but even since that first appointment at the beginning of March, when I heard the words like your baby's breach, it just, it's just, it's difficult, but I've been reading a lot of things and listening to so much and just trying to prepare myself for whatever it is and trying to stay very grounded in like the things that I know to be true and trying to focus, it might sound cliche, but like more on my faith than I am on my fear. And if you wonder why I haven't spoken out about the baby's position, it's because I'm vulnerable right now and I want to listen to what everyone has to say. And I want to hear everybody's perspectives and stories and, you know, experiences of someone that they know that they know. But like at this time, I just have to do what I feel is right and trust my doctor and trust myself and trust my doulas and trust all of the people that have come before me to make the best decisions. So if you have any tips for turning a breech baby that I have not mentioned, please DM me on Instagram. I will say Luca was head down until almost 38 weeks and then managed to flip to breech. So I have not given up hope that this baby might just be comfy and isn't ready to be born yet and will do what it needs to do when the time is right. So that's really why I'm hoping that these these numbers can work out for me to be one or less so that I don't have to cut the pregnancy short and do the cesareans so that I'm allowed to give my body and my baby time to really figure out like how it wants to be born. But I think once I get those numbers back and do those measurements, it's going to give me a little bit of peace moving forward. So that's where we're at. Thank you so much for listening. Um, sorry, I'm an out of breath rambling mess, but you asked for it. So here we are. See you guys soon. You guys know that I love to share the things that I love most with you. So today I'm really excited to talk to you about a brand that I've literally been living in during this pregnancy. The brand is called Bumpsuit. Bumpsuit is the most comfortable, like when I say comfortable, it feels like butter on your skin and stylish addition to your wardrobe. Not only for pregnancy, but for postpartum or just because. All bumpsuits are double lined to help smooth and support, and they come in a full lineup of styles so that you can take that whole what am I going to wear today thought off your plate. I'm really excited to tell you that you can use code GRACE20 for 20% off your entire purchase. If you're curious about Bumpsuit, check them out on Instagram at Bumpsuit or at www.bumpsuit.co. I'll link both below the episode. That's it for now. Thanks for tuning in. When you have a chance, rate and review. Hit subscribe to stay all in with new episodes. And if you enjoy All In with the Allens, be sure to share with a friend. In the meantime, follow along with our daily journeys on Instagram at grace.e.allen and ricardoallen37. Thanks again for joining and we'll see you soon. Yeah. <laughs>